This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out here with Roger Love and friends for part two of Transform Your Voice with Celebrity Voice Coach Roger Love. We are live here in Clubhouse in Club Pod, joined also by Rich Carlgaard, the publisher of Forbes Magazine, the one and only Craig Clements, got William Tong, and we've got Wolf by Lion here as well. And so we've got a really fun, fun evening in store for you tonight. We will be joined by some ladies here in International Women's Day for sure, so we're going to bring them up. Uh, as well as we go through the evening. So lots of fun stuff in store. Uh, we did part one last week. And uh, Craig, I don't know if you know this or not, man, because you were instrumental in putting that room together. Do you know that we actually got a shout out um, from uh, at the town hall? Did you did you catch wind of that? Craigie Craig, are you there? Unmute. There no, you go. what happened? I missed it. So every Sunday, by the way, if you guys are new to Clubhouse and welcome those uh, who still have the party poppers, a celebration symbol there. Uh, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific, and highly recommend that you guys check it out if you uh, if you don't know about it. They do a town hall uh, that Paul and Rohan and Anu and sometimes Stephanie, uh, the, the the core four, if you will, from the clubhouse team, they lead that. They answer questions uh, and just kind of bring people up to date on what's going on. And every uh, Sunday, they usually do uh, just kind of a highlight of some of the top rooms that took place over the course of the last week. And they mentioned uh, Club Pod's room, Transform Your Voice with Celebrity Voice Coach Roger Love. So how cool is that? Yeah, that was awesome. All right, so let, let's do this. We'll jump straight into it. Um, first of all, I want to give everybody up on stage the opportunity to introduce themselves. And, uh, and, and let's just start with the man himself, the man of the hour, Mr. Roger Love, Mr. Love. So good to have you here. Welcome back to Club Pod, and uh, let's do part two here of Transform Your Voice. Quick intro, and then we'll uh, we'll have Rich introduce himself, and then go to Craig. We got a shout out in town hall. So exciting to me. I can't wait till Sunday comes again. Do we get that stuff for free? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, awesome. how's it going? Oh, right, all right. <laughs> I just made that song, which is why it was so... Wait, you didn't write that one before? Mediocre. Oh, I thought you had that, that. Oh, I thought I heard that one before. No, it was a new one. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's climbing up the... Climbing climbing down the charts. <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm so excited tonight. Yes, because it's International Women's Day. Yes, because I have some amazing, amazing women uh, to, to speak with us, to grace our... Uh, our evening with their presence and we'll do some vocal transformations tonight. And I, uh, aside from women's day and aside from transformations, the, the, the theme tonight is, is also about this, this, this thesis that I was talking to uh, rich, who is uh, the guru of all business, the, the, the king of, of, of media, best-selling author, futurist, and we were talking and that the thesis sort of went like this, that the ability for leaders to communicate with authentic empathy, vision, inspiration, and courage is more important now 
in this, what we're calling the COVID economy than ever before. And leaders who can't communicate with empathy and vision and inspiration and showcase the, the values of the company are going to absolutely, they're already being less successful. And they're also going to be bringing their companies down in a time when we need the, our leaders to bring themselves and their companies up. So I'm really excited to talk about that. Rich is going to get into that. And uh, I mean, look, Steve, do you want me to talk about some of the guests here or do you want me to or should we let them introduce themselves? Yeah. I, I mean, why don't we do a combination uh, of the two? I know you've got great friends up here on stage and you can probably give them a, a little bit of an intro better than I can because you've known them longer. Uh, so maybe a quick intro and then let them, uh, of course, introduce themselves. Great. Rich, I've already put on a pedestal. We also have Erica Dewan here, which I'm I'm really excited. I haven't met her, but I've heard amazing things. She's the author of the new book called Digital Body Language, How to Build Trust and Connection No Matter the Distance. I love that. I want to learn about that. We have Dr. Aditi in the house, and she's incredible. Uh, she is one of my new friends, and she's all about teaching resilience and mind-body medicine. We have Claudia Christian coming in, and she's, uh, of course, very well-known for being an actress on the Babylon 5 TV series, and her passion today is, is seriously into uh, helping with alcohol treatment, and uh, uh, that's just, that's just a, you know, we've got William here, we've got, uh, I'm going to introduce my buddy later. Uh, Arsh, who's one of the top lawyers in in the world, and we're going to talk about uh, you know how he uses his voice. So that's that's my ex more excited than 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 uh, than I had even imagined uh, interpretation of an intro. And now we'll let uh, we'll let and Wolf is here. Thanks, Wolf, and and of course my buddy Craig. Thank you for introducing me to Clubhouse. It was just a house before Craig told me it was also a club. So thank you for that. So so let's just throw it out. Uh, Carl, let's start. Sorry, Rich, let's start with you because I, I, I set up the premise of why I wanted you so badly to come and talk about that. And, you know, communication in this COVID economy and, 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 and what's important. So unmute yourself and, and say hello. Well, thank you, Roger. And for everyone listening, uh, I met Roger through the Forbes School of Business and Technology, which is now part of the University of, of Arizona, and uh, found, as everyone finds Roger to be, just uh, enormously compelling as a teacher um, and just as credible as anyone can be in the field of voice instruction. So we were having this chat. And I was saying that, uh, you know, this is about the first anniversary, you know, to the 12-month period when the economy really got hit by the anvil of COVID. And I remember giving speeches at the beginning of 2020 when I said the most important thing to understand about the economy, no matter what you did, was the accelerating rate of digital evolution. Uh, and uh, Diane Green, who's the co-founder of VMware, spoke at a Forbes conference in 2017, and she posited that the era of Moore's law was over and things are now moving two to three times faster than they had for the previous 50 to 55 years, which is pretty astonishing considering how things have moved uh, over the past 50 to 55 years in the digital space. 
And so I thought, well, this is really picking up. And, and, and uh, then COVID hit, and I wondered if things would slow down, but it did the opposite. Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, said on an earnings call in September that he's seen, that he's seen uh, five years of digital transformation in the last six months. Uh, and that's the world that we live in now. Uh, and this acceleration of the way we work, um, you know, there's no going back entirely to what we were doing before COVID. There, there's probably some kind of a Lost you there for just one second. There's probably some kind of what, Rich? Structure, the, every major social structure that you could think. Of. So the what what in these interviews with CEOs I've done in the last six months, they've all talked about this accelerating rate of digital evolution. But you have to bring people in your organization along, and you can't walk around the office and 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 really rally people to do that. Your only way of doing that is on a Zoom call or equivalent. And so this has raised the, the the importance of communication inside companies and inside all organizations to agree that's almost unimaginable. And it puts this emphasis on voice. If you think of voice writ large, to be able the ability to be able to inspire, to lead, to motivate, to speak with authentic empathy. It's never been more important than now. And so that's why um, that's why Roger invited me here. Yeah, it's awesome. Really great having you here. Let's um Roger, if we can, let, let's let's have some of the ladies. It is International Women's Day. I think we should. Uh, hello, Roger. Yeah, well, hello. <laughs> let's uh, let's give Erica a chance to, to say hello, and then maybe what we can do is intersperse, get some questions, and get some uh, get some folks going. Really try to keep things interactive here uh, in Clubpod. Yeah, and if this is your first time, Erica. so Erica, I'm please. so excited to meet you. I've heard amazing things about you. Thank you so much. I'll start with a little intro about my myself, and Happy International Women's Day to all all the ladies out there. Um, just by background, I I was a shy and introverted girl growing up. I grew up uh, in a family of Indian immigrants in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And so much of my life, I struggled to find my voice. Uh, you know, in every report card from kindergarten through 12th grade, every teacher often gave me straight A's. That was Indian culture. But in every report card, I got the same feedback. I wish Erica spoke up more in class. And I think it was really my destiny in many ways that because of this, I learned the skills uh, around observing people. And one of the things I often observed were body language signals. What allowed certain people to be popular? What allowed certain people to be confident? And ended up becoming a social science researcher at Harvard where I studied teamwork and collaboration. Uh, so I guess it was my destiny to use some of my challenges in discovering my voice to find my voice. Uh, and most recently, uh, I've come out with a new book that's actually out in just a few weeks called Digital Body Language. Because what I've discovered is that even pre-pandemic, while we all know roughly three-fourths of communication are, is our nonverbal body language, and even pre-pandemic, roughly 70% of our workplace communication was already virtual, how do we create trust and connection truly no matter the distance? And what I've really learned is that we are in a time where this digital shift can unlock new opportunities to, to be more inclusive, to create deeper levels of authenticity versus just seeing digital communication as confusing and a distraction. But it evolves a different sensitivity 
to how we communicate. I like to say today, reading messages carefully is the new listening and writing clearly is the new empathy. And in many ways, we have to relearn skills of communication because so much of our lives, we've relied on traditional body language signals to be able to evoke what a head nod or uh, a furrowed brow or direct eye contact really meant. So I'd love to throw that in there and really have us imagine what does good digital body language and good communication look like in a modern age? And how can we use the newfound shift to digital to become less geographically biased to who's in front of us, less visually biased to who was around us so that we can actually use moments like this to be more inclusive and drive better communication moving forward. I'd love to throw it to one of my fellow sisters, maybe Dr. Aditi to take it from there if you think that sounds good, Roger. Throw, please. I can't imagine anybody better catching it. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much, Erica, Steve, Roger, Craig, some of my all-time favorites, Wolf and Amy. It's so, so good to be here with you. Rich, it's wonderful to meet you. I'm a Forbes contributor, so I know all about your wonderful career with the organization. Um, you know, it's so interesting because the pandemic, my work is in resilience and mind-body medicine. And prior to the pandemic, we used to talk a lot about the impact that stress would have on our daily lives, whether it be acute stress or chronic stress. And everyone had their own individual story. What I find so remarkable right now about this shift is that it is a universal experience. We may all have had different elements that have come forth and challenges, you know, whether it be economic challenges with people who have had job loss or actual health challenges because of the pandemic or having other you know, family members, other people affected of the pandemic. But truly, it is, it has been a moment where we have universally come together in a shared humanness. And that has done incredible things to accelerate many, many aspects of our society forward. And I'm sure we'll talk about those in great detail today. But um, for me, that has been the most poignant thing about this pandemic in that we have seen our collective resilience really shine forth as a community, society, nation, and world. We have also really had to call our own individual resilience. And we know that resilience is fostered when there is stress. Without stress, there is no resilience. So while it has been an incredibly challenging year, it has also been a year there. filled with resilience. Um, and I would love to talk more about that as the conversation goes. Thanks so much. That's awesome. Do you want to throw it over to Amy? Hey, Amy. Amy. Hi, friend. <laughs> Hi, you guys. Thank you so much for having me on here. I actually just, I was fascinated with the title I saw a couple of you friends in here and I just wanted to jump in and um, and actually I know that I'm going to be sitting back just learning so much from all of you, but I found this to be just a really fascinating topic because, yeah, I mean, so, so I'm a motivational speaker. Typically I'm on stage, you know, speaking across the world. Now I'm speaking through a computer screen because of COVID and it is really fascinating how for me as a speaker at first, it was very challenging because I'm speaking to a little camera in my computer 
and trying to visualize my audience, visualize if they're laughing, you know, visualizing what they're feeling, if they're getting bored, whatever it may be. Normally we have those cues, right? We, we can see in the audience, we see, we actually, you know, when we're standing on stage, we're breathing the same air. We are in the exact same space. We are, I feel like our heartbeats beat at the same rate. It's, it's fascinating. And so how to get that through a computer, I think um, really is, you know, a skill set that we are all kind of um, scrambling to try to figure out. And one thing that's interesting to me is for me, um, you know, speaking it through a computer can feel very disconnecting. However, something that I've learned on the other side is the audience members oftentimes feel even more connected because they actually feel like you are sitting across the table from them. You are right there, you know, having coffee with them and talking right to them. So um, anyways, I, I just wanted to introduce myself really fast. I'm a three-time Paralympic medalist and motivational speaker fascinated with learning and growing and learning from all of you guys. So um, just wanted to throw that out there. And uh, thanks so much for having me up here. And I'm done speaking. Terrific. And we'll go to Claudia and then Rachel. And then let's uh, let's bring someone up here from the audience. And let's get rocking and rolling here as far as uh, transforming voice. And of course, if anybody on the stage here uh, has a question, let's make sure we give you that, that opportunity as well. But Claudia and then Rachel, and we'll rock and roll. I will be fast. Rich, thanks for inviting me and thank you for having me. Um, I've been in, I guess a, you would say, communication since I was a child. I was um, an actress and have been for the past 40 plus years. And I'm also a voiceover artist for the past 25 plus years. But it wasn't really until I did a TED Talk due to my advocacy for alcohol treatment. I advocate a treatment called the Sinclair Method which involves a generic medication that you take an hour before you drink. And it's highly controversial, at least it was when I started my advocacy back in 2009. And it's counterintuitive as hell because you're telling an alcoholic to drink. And I had the opportunity to do a TEDx talk and all of this sort of pressure and stress came around and, and I was very concerned with how to communicate my story. Because as I've been taught as a writer, you write what you know, well, you must speak what you know. But for me, there was also the complication of people trying to steer me in a direction that they thought would be safe. And it wasn't until about six months into the writing process that I realized I kind of had to forget about everybody else's advice and speak from the heart and communicate the best way I could with the passion that I have for saving people and saving people's lives and also saving people's time as far as um, wasting time on ineffective treatment. So I think that was my biggest lesson in communication was to try and be yourself as much as possible, as, as sort of simple as it sounds, and to ignore maybe well-intended voices around you that might, uh, might be steering you in a direction that doesn't feel right. I didn't feel like I was really comfortable or in my skin when I was trying to be um, more medical-based or more um, speaking from someplace that I, I, I wasn't passionate about. So I would say that that's been my biggest lesson in using your voice to help people. And it worked. I've had about 3 million views of the talk and it's helped a lot of people. So I'm, I'm really grateful for any opportunity that comes along to be able to educate and share my passion for advocacy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love that. And, and and I would be remiss if I didn't ask, talk about using your voice. What what setup are you on right now for those who are, that can't just be your phone? Uh, it's an iPhone. 
Yeah. Is it really? Wow, you sound so dang good on that iPhone nowadays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're so funny. Okay, it's an iPhone 12. <laughs> All right, there you go. That explains it. All right, very cool. Uh, and and Rachel, I think you've saved so many relationships, it's not even funny using your voice. Um, really great having you here. <laughs> and uh, and the funny thing is, like when I first saw you here on Clubhouse, I was like, get out of here. My wife and I watch that show all the time. Like, well, the Married at First Sight anyway. It's a guilty little pleasure. All right, cool having you here. Uh, International Women's Day. Fire away. Let's uh, let's go with an intro and uh, and then we'll jump up. And, and by the way, uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time here on Club Pod, we will give you the opportunity to take the stage. The way that we do that is we, we really love when you show some love to the club here, just changing over your profile picture to Club Pod. And those are usually the first people that we will bring up here on stage. So I'm going to do a PTR, the pull to refresh. Feel free to go ahead and change over your profile image to represent Club Pod. Again, showing some love to the club, which is awesome. And we love that and appreciate it. I'll do the PTR. Uh, and those are the first people that we typically bring up. It's not mandatory. And we'll get to as many people as we can here. Uh, but the hand raising is open. And I want Roger to be able to work with as many of you uh, as possible. Rachel, please. Hey, Steve. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I, I was on a little show called Married at First Sight for a couple seasons as a relationship expert. And uh, I have not done that in a couple seasons and refocused kind of my intention from TV to more speaking. I actually just got off a keynote for Ohio State about 15 minutes ago. And I came in here because I saw Roger in here and my friend Amy was in the room the other day and she's like, oh, he was just dropping bombs because I got to tell you, I went into that keynote not feeling super hot and it's virtual and you just give so much and I'm so depleted right now. So I'm like, I should probably come in and listen. So I came in to learn as much as as uh, participate. I might be this the silent partner up here, but uh, just here to support and, and thank you for having me. Yeah. And I see my buddy Jamie up here as well. You know what, Roger, actually, that'll be a great place to start start because so many of us are here on Clubhouse using our voices. As Rachel said, she just got off of a you know a keynote and just gave so much of herself to that. Well, actually, why don't we start there? Because this is a an audio only app, which is one of the reasons why I think, you know, look, it's it's kind of the convergence of some amazing trends here when you think about what's going on in the world as we move towards more raw, real, authentic, unpolished, unproduced content creations and really leveling the playing field here for for people well anyone really to to be able to have a voice to share their mission and their message this is something where i I know a lot of people are getting pretty fried you can hear it in a lot of the voices here roger i don't know if you've seen it in some of the other rooms and jamie i know you've been in a lot of rooms and craig i know you've been in a lot of rooms and wolf and william what would you do roger Let's let's work with Rachel, and she's. This is a perfect time because you said you know you're you're feeling kind of fried, Rachel, right? So, Roger, help. you want to? I know help. <laughs> so, Roger, why don't you uh, why don't you step Rachel through your magic here? Awesome, Rachel, and and everyone that's spoken so far. Thank you so much for being here. It means a lot to me, Rachel. I I've found that you know what? Have you ever heard me talk about stage fright? I have not, but I'm I'm here to listen. Great. Uh, I'm, that's going to be a really tiny, short thing. So I call stage fright getting to the stage fright because once, no matter how how afraid we are of what could happen or people misjudging us or not believing or not liking what we pick to say or or just hating whatever we wore or what our, or what uh, how we did our hair. Uh, uh, aside from all of the fears that we can put together, when you get up on stage. 
almost 96%, I'll say that as, as I know scientifically, but high 90% of the time, you immediately, all of the, most of that fear dissipates. And then, and then you just move forward like a singer who's so nervous about singing and then they open up their mouth and they sing the first three words of a song and then they, look, they have two options, sing the rest of the song or run off crying. And they sing the rest of the song because they're not as fatigued and they're not as worried. So I'll, you're an expert and you, you, you speak all the time. So you're not so freaked out and losing energy because you're worried how good you're going to be. You're probably like, like most great speakers, you're, you're, you want, you want to give so much and you want, and you prepare so, so, so vividly and so energetically to deliver what will be the, the greatest speech anyone hears. Any single time I have the opportunity to speak, I'm thinking I better say the greatest things I've ever said. And that's super tiring. So one of the things that I do to not wear myself out for the days and weeks and hours before is I just give in to the fact that, look, I don't have to worry about delivering the greatest speech because when the bell goes, I'm, I already did my work. I, my life is my work. So I don't, I don't waste a lot of energy worrying about it or fretting about it or, or extra prepping the day of, or the day before. I just set it up to try to relax because I'm going to just give myself to it. Also, do you ever do any kind of vocal exercises when before you speak? So I, I was trained in them and then I forget to do them. <laughs> so so that I, helps. I did everything wrong today. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it helps. Like if you're going to if you know that you're the lead dancer and and you you even if there isn't a splits to do in the routine, you still stretch out before you get up on the dance floor. So doing a little bit of exercises will help as well. Here's something else that I also suggest to people because man, I, I, I get announcements like we all do of who's on Clubhouse when, and I'm thinking to myself, isn't anyone sleeping? How are they surviving? How, how do they have any voice, any energy? Their eyes must be closed. They must be doing it in a horizontal position. Maybe they're in bed because they're, it's 24 hours. And some of these people, I, I literally saw people that are in the room today, notices that came up like two and three and four o'clock in the morning this morning that they were on. So, so my, my advice, you know, is, is to, is, here's what I've learned. You can use your voice to recharge your whole body. So let's say you feel really, really tired and you start to see your body, your shoulders kind of slump down a little forward, your breathing gets a little more shallow, your voice starts to get a little softer. So it is in those moments when I have nothing left to give that I change my voice. I get louder, I add more melody, I bring my chest up, shoulders back and down, and I breathe more. And when I hear myself make the sounds come out of my mouth, like I am king of the universe and I have all the energy in the world, my brain hears that. And it says, well, you must have more to give. And it's sort of, it's the, I use my voice to recharge my whole body. And that's what gets me through three days and four days of speaking continuously. So, so do your exercises. Don't try to fit perfection in the day before or the day of you, you speak you, your speech because you're already perfect. And three, 
whenever you're low, raise your voice louder, more melody, more volume, and your voice will re-energize your body. Does any of that help? I love that. Thank you so much. Sure. And that's awesome. Let me uh, let me kick it over to Rebecca, who is showing some love here to the club. So thanks for showing some love to the club, club pod over there. And uh, let me give you the opportunity here. And you got an all-star panel of folks here uh, who can certainly help. But if you got uh, a question in particular, why don't you just fire away with the question and let's see who on the panel can help you here. Oh, my goodness. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I know how to quickly change my profile picture. Thank you for that. Roger Love, I have been calling you Dr. Love lately. And I go, wait a second. I don't think he's a doctor, but he is the doctor of the voice. And I had your book in my car or your CD. And then I met you on stage at the Kajabi uh, impact. And you were the, uh, just, you just took the show Roger. So I'm just jumping up on here. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm speaking a lot. I want to continue more speaking. And I just wanted you to give me your, what would you say to help me speak better? Thank you. Awesome. So nice to hear your voice again. And I, I, and, and thank you for all of those lovely comments. One, here's what I already love about you as a yoga teacher. Most of the time, yoga teachers are thinking that they have to have so much more air in their voice as, as if it's as if they're, they're going on the meditative side of yoga and they get into trouble a lot because they're trying to have too much air and then the air dries out the moisture on the vocal cords and then they can't do 10 yoga classes in a row or every single day and night teaching. So what I love about your voice is it's not too airy. Your voice has a nice edge and a thickness to it. I bet you never get hoarse. Let me ask you that first. Do you ever get hoarse on a regular basis? I do not. And of course. I know about that airiness and I think it actually, uh, you know, we discourage that because it's not really your authentic voice and it makes you sound. And sometimes also with teachers, we can be a little sing song and I'm sure I used to do it. In fact, when I first started teaching, you probably, if your eyes were closed, you wouldn't be able to tell if it was me or my teacher because I was, I don't know what that's called in languaging, but I was definitely taking that on. Um, there was another question you asked me, I don't know, but yes, I, I just, I never get hoarse. So I'm, I'm going to just say, I think your voice sounds great as a yoga teacher. I think you have good volume. I think you have good pacing. I think you have melody. Sometimes I'd like to hear you go a little higher because you do spend a lot of time down the low part of your range. And it you makes want me up here. Do you want me up here? What's... <laughs> maybe half that high. It's just, I don't want you to, I don't, I don't want you to always come across like you're maybe a school teacher, yoga teacher, but that I also want you to come across like you're my best buddy on the, on the mat next to me. And, and we're, we're going for a coffee afterwards. So, so like Roger, I could, I could be a little higher sometimes. Can I try that? Yeah. Try that. Roger wants me to be a little higher as if we were at coffee yoga instead of just yoga yoga. Okay, so I'm normally down here, but Roger wants me to be a little higher, so I might come up here. Now split the difference. You're, I'm normally down here, and you went, but Roger wants me to, don't go that high. I'm normally down here, but Roger wants me to just come up a little bit higher, so I sound a little more approachable. Okay, so I'm normally down here, but Roger wants me to come up a little bit higher, so that I'm a little bit more approachable, and I don't sound so 
down here as a yoga teacher. So I'm just a little bit up here. Now do, do the same thing, but add a little bit more air when you end up higher, because I need some air up there to differentiate it. So Rod, here's, here's my, here's my yoga thing. Get, put both feet on the mat. And then it's like, oh, and then I add a little air and say, that was so good. Okay. Put your feet on the mat, put your feet on the mat and come up here now and raise your arms up in the air. Yeah. So that's a sound I really want you to use because I think, remember your job as a, as a speaker, as a yoga teacher, as any kind of teacher is to move people through different emotions, not just have them feel one emotion the whole time. So I want to see you enjoy the lowness of your voice, the thickness of it. Uh, you're going to have to pay for this yoga class, but I want you to be like, add some air and go a little higher and say, I'm going to give you 75% off because it's International Women's Day. So <laughs> so add, add some of that air and go a little higher and people will, I think people will feel even freer around you and more stretchable. Okay. Okay. I love it. And I won't take up any more time, but I would love to know if you're going to share how we can continue to train with you. Uh, I'm, I am going to be uh, more of a regular staple on, 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 uh, on uh, in Clubhouse, and uh, and I, I I'm going to be teaching plenty. Anyone who wants more of me over the next seven days, just go to the bio on Instagram, and I have a a free seven day love your voice challenge where every single day I'll give you exercises and we'll, we'll make sounds together and you'll learn something for seven days. It's totally free. If you want to learn from me for the next seven days, you can go to, to do my love your voice challenge. It's in, in, in the bio Instagram. How about Rog that? Roger, you are so great. And thank you so much for Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> now, everybody, awesome. look, I've got an illustrious panel here. So, so I want you to take advantage of the, of the wisdom that is in the panel. So ask, ask some questions, everybody. And, hey, Roger, this is Erica. I, I want to share something based on that that I've observed that I think is really interesting about the power of our voice and the power of women's voices, particularly. I, uh, I am a keynote speaker as well, similar to Amy and, and Rachel mentioning speaking in today's world. And in the world of speaking, we don't have the stage performance, which made up so many of those traditional cues to engage the audience. We truly have what may be on PowerPoint slides, but we really have our voice. And one of the things I have to say I've noticed, and then I'd love to call on some other women on the panel to share too, is that actually right now I'm, I'm a, you know, a keynote speaker. I'm close to 40 years old. I'm often speaking to executives 20 years older than me. And one of the things I have to know, I, I have noticed is that I've actually performed better, I think, virtually than sometimes in person because research shows that people have body biases based on age or uh, you know gender or or cultural backgrounds. And I was often speaking to people that were much older, where sometimes I could look like their own daughter's age. But when I have been presenting virtually, the power of my voice has been ageless, it's been timeless. And it's actually projected better in certain cases because I, there aren't the visual cues that may lead to bias if I'm not the majority in, in a room. And I think this is a really interesting thing to think about uh, around how we can be even more inclusive or how voices can get heard differently in a virtual setting. So for example, I have an American accent, but for someone that doesn't have the traditional accent for a group, 
are they also dealing with some different challenges in in a virtual setting versus others? Maybe uh, pass it on. Maybe um, you know, Amy or Rachel uh, want to respond to that, given what you just shared about your own keynote experiences. Erica, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice, actually. <laughs> um, Erica, um, yeah, I absolutely love um, what you just shared, and I I kind of find the same. It is really fascinating. You know, that's that's what I think is amazing about Clubhouse is does not matter what you look like, doesn't matter what your age is, doesn't matter uh, what you're dressed like or your body type or anything. I mean, there's no visual cues, like you said, to create some kind of bias that would change somebody's mind on what you're saying. It really is the power of your voice. And um, I do have a question with that though. So one thing that's kind of interesting to me, I find it, so here I speak all over the world, you know, speak on stages all across the world. Um, I've spoke to tons and tons of people, but for some reason, just using my voice is actually a very vulnerable thing for me. So for me, Clubhouse, I do find myself a little bit um, not as comfortable using my voice as I do when I'm sitting in front of a computer. And if I can't see somebody on the other side, I can at least see myself. So there's some kind of visual cue there. So I'm curious if anybody else is feeling that way as well. Like, are you finding it easier to speak your truth and really, you know, speak from your heart on Clubhouse, not seeing people, or are you, are you finding it to be more difficult? That was super weird for me at first, Amy. And what I did to, I guess, trick myself to have some sort of feedback is I would check my follower count after I spoke and it'll usually go up by at least one. So, you know, you have- Goes down, right? Type of, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, or goes, or goes down depending on, on what, I, what I say. But uh, that, that's that's been helpful because yeah, having no feedback is strange. Uh, sometimes you get moderators doing the mic clap, but even then, you know, not everyone is always uh, paying that close attention. Or and Craig, just uh, just clapping. so you know, on the on the mic clap, by the way, if it's an even number of claps, they're applauding you, and if it's a negative, it's like a you know an uneven <laughs> number of claps. Just so you know, so you can actually count how many because if it's an uneven number, you know, or an odd number. Uh, then that actually means that they're they're booing you, just so you're clear. You know, it's funny, Amy. <laughs> I I find myself being so different in terms of the way that I engage on this app because I don't want to ever talk over people. I'm never going to fight for the mic, and I find myself in in real life on stages or panels. I have no problem interjecting because I can read the cues of when it's appropriate. But on here, I definitely get more nervous, and especially in those bigger rooms. I'm like, I, I'm not going to fight you for this so that I can make a comment that pretty much everybody else has already made. So I, I think there's, there's just a very different dynamic on here. I think I, there's something also to be said about introverts versus extroverts. I, I was looking at some studies pre-pandemic that showed that introverts actually thrive more in phone calls because they're not worried about looking at someone or someone else's cues and they can just share their ideas versus extroverts who really need to see someone. And I wonder if there is a parallel to that in the clubhouse setting, May, maybe or maybe not, where there are those that are clubhouse introverts that thrive on it without having to see someone or fight for airtime and others that really need that. So, you know, when I started the year, I'm a speaker and um, I have had 
very similar experiences as you all have as you know being a woman and speaking um I, I did the the Dell Global Leadership keynote and it was I was so nervous beforehand and um it was like all middle-aged men mostly and me and it was so I was so so nervous but you know what what helped me and like imposter syndrome, all of that, right? Like we all have an element of that or have had and um, have had to train that out. What kind of really helped me was to feel that sense of being an expert and kind of telling myself like, it's okay, you're an expert in this topic. They're an expert in whatever, you know, com computers and technology, but you can speak about this topic. I also think that there is that benefit when you are doing talks that you don't have on Clubhouse, when you're doing, you know, engaging in a crowd, even though it is digital, you are actually looking at people. And there is like that visual cue, which you do not get on Clubhouse. And the final thought I had was I also teach at the medical school. I, I teach um, anti-racism and social determinants of health. What I have found fascinating about this year is the connection that you can make with students as a teacher in spite of not having in-person time. Um, so that was a big cognitive leap for me that you could feel that sense of rapport and camaraderie. I'm sorry, my voice is hoarse because I had ice cream a few hours ago. Roger, you're going to kill me because I, I did eat ice cream and I was here for last week's talk with you, Craig and Steve on um, phlegm and mucus and how it can impact your voice. I like took notes and I still eat ice cream. Um, you know, what I find fascinating, what I do with Clubhouse, I'm used to it now, but I feel the exact same way. It's so weird because there's no visual cues. Um, what has been helpful is when you say something funny, when people unmute their mics and chuckle. So I've been doing a lot of that to show support. <laughs> and then um, I also try to, you know, what I, weirdly, I don't know why I do this, but I look at the screen like I look at the faces of the people um, just so I feel some sort of connection uh, rather than like walking around and talking. I'm amazed when people are like, oh, I work out and I am speaking on Clubhouse because I can't do anything else except like just be present. Um, I just find it fascinating. Maybe it's like a woman thing. What do you think, Roger? Okay, it's not a woman thing. So many great comments. I want, look, nobody loves audiences and appreciates audiences reactions more than me. I live to speak and move people emotionally. That's what I'm thinking about. But I want all of you to think for a moment and take back responsibility. I am not, my performance is not dependent upon audience reaction. I do not base my performance, my speaking, my moving through different emotions and presenting, I do not base what I do on people's reactions. I give fully my own energy. When it's a, when it's a, when it's a, when I'm passionate about something, I'm fully in it. When I'm loving, I'm fully exhibiting the love emotions. When I'm sad, I'm fully engrossed in my own feelings of sadness and empathy and gratitude and compassion. And I am giving all energy out like a, like a, like a, a like a, a star trying to shine light in every corner of the world. If I'm giving that much energy, I know how 
people are going to react. Maybe not all of them, but some of them. So it is, I control how much energy comes out of me. I control how much emotion comes out of me. I don't wait for it to be returned because on this medium, it's not the same. But I also, so I, I just give more instead of wait to try to receive more or to find a way of seeing whether or not I've bounced off of people. I know that if I am, if I am, if I am the most loving being that I could be and I shine that love out and I'm not talking like just woo woo, but if I just give that love energy out, I know I, I'm responsible for giving it. We, you, you just have to give more. And, 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 and you know that people, I just, I just take, take it for granted that there will be some people out there who feel it. I don't question that. Also, let me tell you a little story. And this, I, I think is perfect for Women's Day. When little boys and little girls are, and, and there's the doctors in here can, can change any details that, that are not uh, medically hundred percent perfect, but I think I'm totally right on all this. When little boys and little girls before puberty, sound exactly the same way. Their vocal cords are about the same length and size. Their Adam's apples are about the same size. So little boys and little girls make the same sounds, which means they're all hovering around the same notes, the same frequencies. So when they speak to one another, they feel very connected because the sounds coming out of a little boy's mouth are almost exactly the sounds and the frequencies and the ranges coming out of a little girl's mouth. That's why, that's why little boy brings little girl home. This is my best friend. Little girl brings little boy home. This is my best friend. Then flash forward, puberty happens and the male voice drops an octave. So it goes from up here to way down here. But the female voice doesn't have that same drop in octave because the larynx at, doesn't grow at the same, at puberty, um, uh, the female larynx, the vocal cords and all that, stop growing quite as fast as a male's. So that when that happens and the male voice drops an octave lower, suddenly women and little boys and little girls, they don't feel the same anymore because the vibrations that are coming out of the boy's mouth and actually vibrating the bodies of the little girl's body, she feels that's different. The frequencies are different. The sounds, the vibrations are different. And then at that moment, men and women, I believe, have it a more difficult time to communicate because it showcases sound difference. Flash forward, executives, all of us, speakers, presenters, executives, board meetings, we're in board meetings. How many times do women say to me, I don't know whether to be down lower and because it's a bunch of men, uh, how are they going to react to me? I don't know if I should be higher and should I showcase more femininity? Well, I've uncovered that there's a range in the male and female voice which I call overlapping frequencies, a range where men and women can make the exact same notes, the same sounds, the same vibrations. And that's why I teach all of my students how to go from the lowest to the highest part of the range because they both have to, men and women, have to cover that overlapping frequency area. So in a way, in honor of, Woman's Day, I'm just sharing that there is such amazing science and sound theories that allow men and women to go back to 
the place where they didn't sound different and share certain frequencies that make men and women feel more connected together, where everyone can ex express themselves, be authentic, and they can have as much masculine, as much feminine, and as much crossover as possible. I just sort of wanted to share that thinking that yeah. that might be of, of interest. Yeah, for sure. Mind-blowing. Right? Mind-blowing. So good, Roger. All right, let's do this. Duke, a uh, quick reset of the room. We've been going about 48 minutes or so here, and I just want to welcome some new folks uh, up on stage who are joining us, friends, Fonzo and others. Um, but let me let me just do this real quick, which is welcome you to Club Pod. If this is your first time hanging out with us uh, here in Club Pod, welcome. We're really glad to have you here. My name is Steve Olsher. I am the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine. I've been a podcaster since 2009, when we released our first episode of Reinvention Radio. Hanging out with my friends, Rich Carlgaard, who hasn't had a heck of a lot to, to chime in on here, but we'd love to hear from you. Rich is the publisher of uh, Forbes Magazine, and Craig Clemens and, and many others are here with us as well. Uh, if this is your first time uh, being here with us in Clubbot, welcome. Put your thumb on that little green house there at the top. That'll give you the opportunity to join us here in Club Pod. Put on that little bell, the notification symbol there. Uh, and that way, whenever we do go live, you'll have the opportunity to join us with people like Roger Love and many, many others. If you're enjoying the conversation, hit that plus sign at the bottom. Let's get some more folks in here, show some love. And, and last time we were here with Roger, uh, we got him to 3,000 followers, which was awesome. So thank you for that. Uh, love for you to show some love to Roger and let's, let's get him up over 3,500 if we can here. So make sure you're following Roger, uh, as well as everyone else here on the stage. And if you are not, by the way, a subscriber to podcast magazine, we'd love for you to join us on that journey for free. And as a thank you for hanging out with us here, uh, in club pod, if you simply go to clubpod.club, that is a private backdoor link that'll give you the opportunity, uh, to get a free lifetime subscription, to podcast magazines. We'd love to have you join us on that journey as well. Uh, some of you guys have changed over there and you can see with Serena and Julie and Paige showing some love to the club. Uh, those typically are the first people that we bring up, those who change over the profile picture to show some love to Club Pod while you guys are here, not mandatory. Definitely going to try to get to as many of you as we can within the allotted time that we have here tonight. Uh, I want to make sure that we give Others who are up here on stage who have uh, so generously given uh, their time to be with us this evening, the opportunity to ask questions as well. Uh, if there are no other questions from the panel for Roger, I want to make sure that uh, Serena has an opportunity here. But just flash your mic if you have a question uh, as one of the moderators up here on the stage. Craig, you unmuted. What's going on, brother? I got an idea. Please, sir. Steve. Yeah, it's a little wild, but, you know, Roger... For those who uh, who know him offline, is is a bit of a wild man. So I think he might be up for it. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out. We'll see. So I had the idea. You know, I found one of the best ways to build room engagement is by taking a screenshot and sharing it on Instagram and Twitter and telling people to get their butts in here. Because Steve, as you know, coaching with Roger is. It, you know, he's, he's got a big celebrity client list, a big waiting list. It's hard to get in. And then even if you can get in, he's quite expensive and quite worth it. I mean, the things he can show you in just a, a you know, 10 minute session can literally change the way people perceive you for the rest of your entire life. And my crazy idea is maybe Roger would be willing to pick one person who takes a screenshot and posts it 
on Instagram or Twitter and tags Roger and tells their friends to get in this room, maybe he'd be willing to pick one person at random and give them a 10 minute one-on-one -on -one voice coaching session offline. What do you think, Roger? Oh, I am just wild man enough to say for sure to that. <laughs> Such a wild man. So that's awesome. Craig, you want to I step people you, through I yeah, how to you, do that? I told you Roger's wild. Yeah, real simple. Just take a screenshot, go on Instagram, post this room, tell people that it's going on now with Roger Love. He's doing transformations live on Clubhouse. And then tag Roger so he knows it's you. Roger will pick one person at random. He will DM you back and let you know that you've been chosen for the 10 minute one-on-one -on -one voice transformation session that could very well change your life. I know he's changed my life with the voice coaching that I've been fortunate to receive from him. So I highly encourage everyone to do this. Plus it'll blow this room up. And let's face it, this room's about to explode in value as Roger drops even more knowledge bombs about how to increase the tonality, engagement, and effect you have with your voice. So let's do it. Love that. All right, let's do this. William, uh, you want to chime in, please? <clears throat> yeah, hey, Roger. Hey, um, quick thing. They, they updated the app. Did you uh, change your audio to high yet? I don't think I have. How do I do that? Cool. So on the top right, there are three dots. If you tap the three dots, you can toggle your audio quality to high. And then the audio is going to be um, slightly clear clearer for everyone listening, just because your voice is like a song to my heart. I did it. How do I sound now? <laughs> better. William. Oh, you do sound better. See, there you go. You learn something new every day. Thanks for that, William. Thank you so much. All right, let's do this. Let's, please, go, please, Doc. Steve, can yes. I ask? Can I ask Roger a question? May. I feel like every single thing that Roger says is like gold. It's just unreal. Um, you know, you talked about like energy and giving out that energy, um, which is what like actors do, right? They don't know if the movie's going to be a hit or a flop and they like give it all out anyway. Um, what I wanted to know is every single person that we hear, whether it be on TV, radio, um, film, um, my guess is that you have worked with them, right? Like Bradley Cooper, Reese Witherspoon, Van Jones. I mean, like the list goes on and on. Of all of those people, or if it doesn't have to be those people, maybe people earlier who you didn't work with, like Frank Sinatra and others, is there anyone you think that has the perfect voice? And also, do you feel like we all have the capability to improve our voice? Or are there people who just have great voices and there's nothing more to do for them. That's a beautiful question. I have a program called The Perfect Voice. I'm not pitching it or selling it. I only bring it up because when I created the product, which is, it's one of my staples of online programs. And the reason I created The Perfect Voice and people would say to me, well, so there's one perfect voice? And then I'd say, yes, yours, when you've worked it up. To, to get rid of all the things that are stopping people from loving your voice. Every single person on the planet sounds different. I said this last week, but it's worth repeating. If I call anyone who is in the room today, tomorrow, who never knew me before tonight, who have, who's never seen me, who's we've never shared tea or high tea and scones, never shared a thing. They don't know who I am. If I call anybody in the room tomorrow on their cell phone and say, hi, how's it going? They're going to be like, Roger, who the hell gave you that number? 
because they're going to recognize my voice. That means that every single one of us has the opportunity of creating our perfect voice. Not that we all have to sound like radio announcers or we all have to sound like singers. We all just have to find voices that work for the life that we want to have, for the relationships that we want to create, for the business deals that we want to put together. We have to find our perfect voice, the voice not only that comes out of our mouths and makes all of our relationships and creates our life, but the voice we speak to ourselves, how we tell ourselves what we can do, what we can't do, that we're tall enough or we're special enough or we're smart enough, or if I just had one more PhD and no, I'm not a doctor, but my niece just became a doctor, Dr. Love. So there is a doctor in the family. Thank you very much. And, and often I do <laughs> interviews and the and the, the the announcer will say something like and we have dr love and then that puts me in a very strange position because i don't want to make the the host a liar anyways i digress do, do i do i have a perfect is there a perfect voice a perfect student i've worked with a perfect singer i've listened to a perfect actor no that's what that's why i love being a voice coach i'm in the business of helping everyone find their perfect I love that. All right, let's uh, let's help Serena find her perfect. Serena, what's your question for Dr. Love? Ah! I can't believe <laughs> I finally got on. Okay, I'm super excited. My name is Serena, like Serena Williams. Muhammad, like Muhammad Ali. If they had a baby, it would be me. So I am an educator as well as a performer, and I'm trying to bring my voice down just a little bit because people say I always scream, and I'm not trying to scream. I am trying to get my point across. So I guess my question is, how do I get my voice and my point across without sounding like I'm screaming? And that's my question. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> she, you know, she has such low energy. My goodness. Okay, so Serena, Serena so, uh, I want whatever vitamin you're taking. I know, right? Uh, right. Okay. So, so, so you're one of those people. I, 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 I hope you sleep like a rock when you sleep. Because I sleep two hours to four hours, and I'm not joking. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, bottom line is, you've created a uh, a vocal personality that gives a lot of energy, very high energy. And maybe you, this is an exaggerated uh, part of it right now because, because you're, you're being listened to by a lot of people. But I think you, this is like one of your switches of, of characters. This is one of your main characters. And that character is high. That character is loud. That character is, is funny because you are funny. That character has a lot of pluses. But that character is also very tiring on you. <laughs> Thank you. It so is. It is. It is. Thank you. And it's tiring on everyone else because everyone else is not as always as happy as you are or as energetic. And maybe, like I said, 30% of this room stayed up all night on Clubhouse and they're tired. They can't summon as much energy as you have. So you have to be cognizant and, and caring about showcasing many different emotions and characters so that everyone will think, ah, I feel very much like Serena uh, and, and I, I, I feel connected to her. So here's what you got to do. You got to force yourself to literally come down here in the range. You said, 
Serena, like Serena Williams, and Mohammed. I can't remember who Mohammed you said. Mohammed Ali is the best boxer oh. in the world. Okay, well, let's pick a different Mohammed, which I don't know, but let's just say Mohammed because Mohammed Ali he did, he spoke up high like this too. What? Let's pick. Let's pick the name uh, George. Let's do a character of George, and you're going to come down here, George. George likes to be George. George speaks a little lower. Can you go down? What's What's the bottom of your range? Can you come way down here? I really don't know because I let's never call her. Let's call her Georgina because George seems so uh, just wrong for Women's Day. So Georgina speaks Georgina. down here. No, I am Georgina. Okay. I am Georgina. Now, can you go down here and not and not make it airy? Can you just short words where Georgina talks very short words like this? Go do it again, please. I really it, that. my daughter was telling me I was driving a little off. Okay, repeat uh, and please pay attention to where you're driving. But I, now, I'm hard. Come, come down, down here, and in short words say, "I can, I can speak down here without any energy at all." I can speak down here without any energy at all. It's still so airy. I can see. I don't want it so airy. I can speak down here without so much air. I can speak down here without so much air. Say, say this for me. Say. Can. Can. I can if I want. I can if I want. Uh, Roger says. Roger says. But not Roger. Too much melody. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Lose the melody. Okay, Roger. lose the melody. I can't even lose the melody. Okay. okay. Roger, Roger, Roger says. Roger says I can be down on one note every so often. Roger says I can be down on one note every so often. So I can showcase this energy, which is more calming. So I can showcase, this is boring. I don't like that voice, but yeah. I'll do it for you, Roger. Okay, Roger but says, that's very telling what you just said. Even <laughs> when, I, when I asked you to take it out of, out of fifth gear and just yeah. put it into neutral, you were yeah. like, that's boring. No, no, the, the, the reason that, you're, that, that exciting works is in relation to other emotions that you showcase. Because if you're exciting all the time, people just think you're one, one dimensional. Mm. Do you know that I get asked to, uh, I mean, this is kind of, this is uh, sad, but I get asked to, to do the eulogies for so many of my friends <laughs> who, whose parents die. And, oh. and, and some, sometimes I say, I don't really know your grandmother or your mother. And they were like, no, we want you to speak because we know that people, when you, if you give the eulogy, people will cry and they'll laugh and they'll feel, you need to give yourself permission to okay. go to, to, to go to a place that's more calm so that when you then go to a place that's excited, people go like, oh my gosh, I just, I felt such a change of emotion. And, and, uh, and Serena has so many different personalities and I really, I, now she's real. Because if it's just if it's just up here all the time and happy, yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't come across as as, as believable. Authentic, but right? it is. So go I, go I just, go to first gear some and just okay. come on down here and don't and don't add so much melody. I promise you, if you okay. spend a little bit of time down there and then go back up and you you have and and, and you showcase the the mood swings which are which are which are normal, people yeah. will react more and connect more to you. I hope that helps. Can I try one more time with you, Roger? Yeah, it's just say I can I can go down here without any melody and not hate myself because of it. I can go down here without any melody and not hate myself so much for it. Say I had no idea that tonight was I was going to learn so much about characters at Clubhouse. Tonight I had no idea I would learn so much about character. And I'm so excited about tomorrow. And I'm so, no, no, no. And I'm so excited about tomorrow.
but don't go th- that high. It's forbidden for us. And I'm so excited about tomorrow. And I'm so excited about tomorrow. That's a more real person, a person that goes from different extremes and all of the characters in between. Roger is so awesome. Thank you, Serena. Thank you. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, Serena, thanks so much. Uh, let's give Julie an opportunity here. Julie, what's going on? Hi there. Thank you so, so much for allowing me to come up here. Uh, okay, I'll try to be quick. I I talk, I, I talk to customers pretty much all day. I'm on the phone or in person. And I've resonated with a lot of things that have been said, like the social cues and that sort of thing. Also, though, I talk fast. And typically I talk loud. I don't, I don't know if I'm talking loud now because I don't know. It's just my normal voice. But one thing that I notice by the end of the day, um, it feels like work <laughs> to talk. Like I, my voice, it doesn't, it doesn't get go hoarse or I, I've never lost my voice. It just gets um, just, it's like so much effort to just speak. It, does that make sense? It, it, my voice is tired. Yeah, you're, you're holding your breath the whole time you're speaking and you're separating your words. So what's happening is you have a little burst of air come out and it's attached to one or two or three words and then you stop the air because there really wasn't that much air coming out to begin with. That's basically like you're, you're going to do uh, deep sea diving, but you don't, didn't put enough air in your tank. So you got you you you're holding your breath the whole time you're speaking. That's why it sounds like this. I I can I I bet you a nickel, a whole nickel, that when you're speaking, you're not letting your stomach come in. Your stomach is stationary. It's 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 tight sometimes, and that's that's that that's good for walking on the beach, you know. But it's not good for speaking. So I, I really want you to to. Breathe the way I spoke about last week. Take a breath in through your nose. Pretend you have a balloon in your tummy. Let your stomach come forward. And then only speak while your stomach is coming in. You don't do that. Even if you know about diaphragmatic breathing, based on the sounds you're making right now, I can tell you, you're not letting your stomach come in the whole time you're speaking. Yes or no? Do I win? Do, 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 is it a win or a draw on the nickel? Uh, I've never been aware of that, so I don't know now as I'm talking to you. I'll tell you right now. Put your hand, put your hand, put your hand on your tummy. Put your hand on your tummy and, 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 and count to 10 and tell me what your stomach does. Okay. One, two, three, four. It's not moving. (laughs) There, I, I knew this was the nickel, the easiest nickel I was going to win tonight. You know what? I, I'm going to take my nickel and I'm going to invest it in you. And okay. I'm going to tell you to do it again. Let Take a breath. Let your stomach come forward. And okay. then count to 10, but let your stomach slowly deflate like a balloon. Do it again. One, two, uh, three. But don't do this. This isn't the way to... I want solid airflow. So I don't want you to stop after every sound. You went one, two, three. Listen to me. One, two, three, four, five. You see how I connect them together on, okay. on a stream of air? We were supposed to speak like we sing. We were supposed to connect all the words together on a solid stream of air. Nobody's singing like this. So, before you go, 
was there something I could have said that would have made it all better? We don't oh sing like that. We go, hey, so before you go, connect oh the goodness. words together. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All together. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's right. I'm not going to stop the air till I get to a comma. I'm out of breath. Yeah, I'm not used you, to that. Because you never did this before. <laughs> and you know, I sing all the time. Like, but you don't speak like I you don't, sing. I don't. Oh, my goodness. And now oh you understand goodness. the difference. You Thank sing. You, you you sing connecting all the words together until there's a rest, but you're not doing it when you speak. So that's why you're getting so tired. You're holding your breath the whole time. Your stomach is tight. Your lungs are not filling up with air, and then you're not getting rid of the right amount of air. So you're going to practice speaking oh like you sing. And everyone who's listening out there in Clubhouse, Bill, you need to practice only speaking while your stomach is coming in and connecting all the words together. And then you will have just the right amount of sing-songiness instead of just little tiny short phrases as if you're underwater and you don't have enough air. <laughs> Okay. So, Ro <laughs> Roger, that's really, really helpful. But to that end, like, what do you, what do you do w in between, like, when you're taking that breath? Are you, do you, do you stop talking? Because, <laughs> like, most people won't stop talking. So, do you, do you stop? Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard the phrase "silence is golden"? <laughs> what happens when you speak and you get to a comma, and then you have a little bit of silence? and then you move back into the sentence, what happens in those moments of silence? It's process time for people to think about what you just said. Mm. They desperately need the silence so that they can process what you said. How did it make them feel? A great composer, I think I said this last week too, I love repeating myself, a great composer spends just as much time figuring out where the rests are, where the silent notes are, as opposed to where the notes are that make noise. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, let's do this. Uh, our buddy Brian Fanzo joined us here. I want to make sure Brian has a chance to uh, to say hey, and uh, and then Nitty came here as well. I want to make sure she has a chance to say hey, uh, and then we'll go to, uh, to go to Julie. But uh, Brian, what's going on, brother? Oh, I'm loving this. Uh, I've been really enjoying the, the dialogue. I stopped in last week as well, and you know, as uh, you know, I like to say I found I found my dream job as a speaker and podcaster because my mom's told me my my entire life that I, I came out of the womb talking. So that never never been a problem for me. But as someone that always has spoken fast, you know, I, I've uh, enjoyed listening to some of the the narrative, some of the questions, and you know, even the. You know, for me, moving from, you know, the stage to the virtual stage, I've been coaching a lot of people on finding that energy and setting up their environment uh, for success whenever they are, you know, speaking in this virtual world or even on Clubhouse. So a uh, lot of fun. This has been great. You know, I, I actually put into my bio long ago, you know, that I talk fast and tweet faster. Uh, and it was kind of my excuse not to ever have to slow down and just force everyone else to uh, listen faster. So uh, lots of good stuff. Excited to uh, you know listen more and, and keep learning. So uh, cheers. This is Fanzo. Yeah, man. 
Roger, does uh, does fans sound a little uh, fans sound a little um, hoarse, a little strained? What what would you say? Yeah, he sounds like he's found a character for his voice that he likes, and that other people that listen to him like. Because you know, I always say you're supposed to create a voice that other people like. You don't create a voice just because you like it. You create a voice that other people like listening to. The voice is a gift that you're supposed to give away. That's why our ears are on the side of our heads instead of on our palms and we hold our hands out in front and we speak to ourselves. We're not talking to ourselves. Our ears are way back there. They can't hear us. We're speaking to everybody else. So he's created a voice that's kind of cool and it's got a little bit of raspiness in it. It's got, uh, it's got some life in it and it's, it's cool. Is that so, Brian? Would you say that's your? Is that your voice? Like we're just hanging out, man. Is that is that the same voice? Or do you think when the mic's on, it's just a little something? I think I think it's the same voice. I will say the difference between me on my feet, which every time I open the mic here on Clubhouse or you know talk on any stage, is when I'm on my feet. There's definitely uh, a different piece of that. So I almost felt like as I was I was hearing that, I was like, that's almost the character that happens when I stand up. Versus me sitting back, kind of lounge, which I think is probably a little bit different of a voice. So I, I probably I can see that. That makes sense. And I didn't say he was putting on a fake voice. I yeah. said he found a voice that works on on mic, off mic, on camera, off camera. It's and it has a a, a, a tone to it. Remember this, okay? People people absolutely like character voices. There's a reason that that. Uh, that Janis Joplin became a famous singer, or and, and everybody doesn't have to sound like they're the, the, uh, a steak knife through butter, like it's super smooth and it's so perfect. Everyone doesn't have to sound like an opera singer. Everyone doesn't have to sound like a perfect voice. The, we, when I'm listening to the radio, I, I gravitate towards voices that are a little bit unique. And most of the unique things in voices are sometimes flaws, little tiny flaws. So. So, you know, I think we should all be trying to find voices that have character in them that are both authentic and stand out a little bit. Why not? Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of standing out a little bit, let's uh, let's go to Nitty. Nitty's hanging out with us here. And, um, man, just want to make sure you have an opportunity to say hello because you're doing such amazing work in the world as well. So, Nitty, what's going on? Hey, Steve, this is Nitty speaking. Really appreciate you bringing me up here to the stage. And it's uh, great to see you, Dr. Aditi, Fanzo, Amy, all of these amazing people, William and Roger. Oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm learning so much from you. Um, As an asthmatic, the advice that you just gave the previous person, I'm really taking to heart because sometimes I get a little out of breath as I speak. And I notice that I uh, end up just kind of getting a little raspy at the end. So I am excited to listen and learn and, uh, yeah, get some tips and tricks from you. Really appreciate it. Needy, let me help you with that asthmatic thing. First of all, thank you so much for showing up. I really appreciate the the uh, the 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 togetherness. You're still breathing into your mouth a lot. So maybe you think your nose is a little bit clogged or it's stuffy sometimes, but your breathing into your mouth is drying out your cords more and it's making and it and it's easier to get hoarse and get your vocal cords a little bit red and puffy and swollen. So I hear you breathing in through your mouth, and I'd like to ask you to start breathing in through your nose. Because when you breathe in through your nose, 
that go, the air goes through filters called turbinates. And then the, the, it immediately becomes moist air. So, it, so it, it lubricates your throat. It lubricates your vocal cords instead of dries out your vocal cords. And being an asthmatic, you don't have to... A lot of people that have asthma problems or allergy problems or their noses are always clogged and they feel like they can't get enough air in, they, they find themselves trying to get too much air in. Because to speak properly... All you got to do is speak from comma to comma, and you decide where to put the commas. So you don't really have to speak for as long as you think, because you're not getting paid by the word, you're getting paid by the emotion. So I would say breathe in through your nose, learn how to do it silently without gulping, and then just speak X number of words to get to a comma, close your lips, breathe in through your nose, and then speak until you get to the next comma. So I really think that the, the biggest clue would be stop being a mouth breather and your vocal cords will love it. Mmm, this is super helpful, Roger. I'm going to try it right now. Don't gulp. You see how I heard you oh. breathe in? That's, oh. that's gulping in through the nose. Oh. Just make it so that I don't hear anything. Because remember, you're not a pearl diver. You're not taking one breath. You're not going down there and wait until you find the right pearl before you can come up. You're just speaking. Oh. A little tiny bit of air. A little tiny bit of air. Okay. Yeah, I'm really grateful. I mean, I think that that's going to be very helpful. I just did it right there, and my nose is always clogged. So, yeah, well, look, I got to work look, look. it. You look, remember I said, stop thinking like you're getting paid by the words. Look how long you just went. Yeah, I did it right there. That's really helpful. I know that my nose is a little bit clogged, but if I just keep going with this sentence, eventually I'm going to run out of air, and then I'm going to have to take a breath. What? Remember what I said? Move your commas to the left. I, Roger says I have to have shorter phrases. Go ahead. Roger says that I need to have shorter phrases. And I take a silent breath in between those short phrases. Ooh, and I take a silent breath in between those short phrases. And then my vocal cords are getting hydrated. And then my vocal cords are getting hydrated. And I'm never running out of air. And I'm never running out of air. And I'm never gulping. Definitely not gulping. And this will make my voice feel better all day and night. Hmm, this is making my voice feel better all day and night. Thank you so much, Roger. I'm going to totally utilize this. And thanks, Steve, again. For <laughs> Look what you just said. Look what you just said. Just Thank you it. very much, Roger. I'm going to totally utilize that. I'm going to do this as much as I possibly can and forget what you just said about having shorter phrases. <laughs> Room wasn't built in a day, Roger. I'm learning. Okay. So, so, so build that, build me a pyramid short phrase at a time and then you'll get the pyramid will be there and people will go to Egypt just to see you. That's beautiful. Awesome, Nitty. Uh, great having you here. Uh, let's try to get to so, as many folks as we can here. So just try to keep it popcorn style if we can. Uh, and of course, anyone on the panel, if you have a question for Roger, just feel free to chime in. Let's uh, let's go straight to the question. Paige, what's your question? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, I, Roger, I'm a good friend with Damien and um, he invited me to this room and told me what an amazing guy you are. And I am in the automotive in world dominated by men. And my question is, how do I use my voice to be more influential in the man's world? Fantastic. I love Damien. He's got... I don't know how he fits that heart inside of his body, 
And so, because it's so big. Me either. So, so any friend of Damien is a friend of mine forever. You're in a male-dominated world. You're in the car business. And yet, you're allowing your voice to sound so sexy. It has air. It doesn't have any bottom to it. It's, it's, it's very... It's very feminine because if it's not even just like normal feminine, it's got extra air in it. <laughs> Do you, again, this is only my two cent imitation of you and, and take this with all the love that I have in my heart. But when guys hear this voice, it evokes the caveman brain. And then they're not thinking, I want to buy the car. They're thinking, will you go for a ride with me in the car <laughs> if I buy the car? So your voice is so feminine. It's, 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 it's got too much air. It's got a little bit of distortion. And, and it's, it, it's a little, like I said, it's a little too, it, it's a little too sexy. Can you, can you take out some of that air and make it like more clean and crisp like I'm doing right now? I can. I can take out some air and uh, make wait, it wait. more crisp like I'm doing right now. Uh-uh. You still said I can take out more air and make it crisp. Say, say, ah, <laughs> uh, say, say, brat. Brat. I can. I can. You can, you can, you can be a little louder. I can. I can. But don't, don't make it nasal like this. Like, <laughs> so I can, if, I'm, please, daddy, buy that car for me, please. So, I can. Right. I can. I am an adult. I am an adult. But here's your, it's too soft again. How about increasing your volume times 50? I can if I want. Louder. I can if I want. This is the car that is perfect for you and your family. This is the car that's perfect for you and your family. Now, I bet you thought that sounded angry. Yes or no? Intense. Say that again? Intense. Intense. Good. Awesome. I love it. That was intense. You need to be more intense. You can't be airy and light and high when you're, when you're in a with a bunch of men. Because their voices, their vocal cords are bigger and fatter and thicker, and their their larynxes are bigger. That's why they, they and they stick out so much, and they and they love to mansplain. And you can't compete with that, so you just have to find the best sounds you make that are authentic to you. But it's not. But you don't give into it by being airy, and then they just they just plow right through your voice. I'm going to be more intense and more voluminous. I am going to be more what? intense. Nope, nope, not, in, not loud enough. I am going to be more intense and voluminous. Good. Don't go higher. Stay down where you were. I'm going to be down Good, low intense. that intense. sounds annoying. I am going to be more, wait, what'd you say? I'm going to be louder and lower. I am going to be louder and lower. Look at the hood on this car. Look at the hood on this car. This engine has no more than 700,000 miles. This engine has no more than 700,000 miles. It is perfect for you. It is perfect for you. I want you to drive it around the block and then come back and tell me you're the happiest person ever. Drive it around the block and come back happy. I want you to drive it around the block and come back happy. You need to find that. You need to use that voice a lot more 
in your business life, in your car life. That voice, okay. that voice cuts through. And, and this voice, no matter how beautiful you are or feminine you are, that other voice will still work. And you, you need to ex exert that kind of energy or, or you'll just be sort of unheard. Your, your airy voice will move into the air and dissipate into the air and nobody will remember what you said. Okay, I will speak with more intent. And realize that this isn't angry, this is just passionate. I will agree with you. I will agree with you softly. I will agree with you. I definitely agree with you, Roger. Thank you, Paige. Thank you, Roger. Hey, Paige, this is That's Erica. Awesome. And I, this is Erica, and I'd love to share one more thought for, with you around discovering the power of your own voice. And that's, um, not only is Roger giving you some great feedback on the tone and the pitch of your voice, but your voice comes from your your confidence and your knowledge of the substance. We have may, may, way too many people in the world that are airing voices that are lacking substance or thought. And your, your wisdom, your strength, your greatest asset is your knowledge. And so I hope you'll be able to use the lessons of the tonality of your voice, but remember that you as a woman in a male dominated industry have a unique asset as a woman. You can see things differently. You can help customers who are primarily women buyers in, in the automotive industry uh, identify cars. You can help people innovate because you see things differently. So not only is it about the tonality of your voice, it is about the quality of your insights that will shape behaviors in your industry. So I hope you'll think about what great confidence you have and all of the insights you have that, um, that are really in the spirit of this day, International Women's Day, to not only find your voice, but transform your voice. And in the spirit of that, I'm gonna pass it to uh, Claudia, maybe to share any other reactions and then to Dr. Aditi to see, to, to get some of my fellow sisters in the conversation too. Thank you, Erica. Um, Erica, you're absolutely right. I'm, you know, people constantly use the very overused term authentic, but you do have the experience of coming from a very unique industry as a woman, as a young woman, it sounds by the tone of your voice that you are very young. And that can appeal to a lot of people. The idea of trying to sound more masculine at first can be misconstrued as, 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 a, as a statement that only men are strong because their voices are stronger. But I think if you really do believe in what you are offering your customers, and if you really do stand behind your experience over the years that you have been in, in the automotive business, then that will shine through in your voice. And let's, let's face it, confidence sells every day of, of the week. If you are comfortable in your own skin, it will absolutely show through your voice and, and good luck to you. I think you're very brave and, and I think it's a, a wonderful thing that you're doing. Thank you, Claudia. I would just like to say, Paige, that many of the women here on stage um, we find great power in our femininity and our womanhood. I am 5'2 and like 110 pounds. And I cannot tell you how powerful I have felt being a woman um, and a brown woman at that. Um, it has never 
been something in my mind of like, um, uh, you know, feeling less than, not worthy, etc. The imposter syndrome thing is something else. It's more about like the content, um, the, the level of expertise, which I have now been able to train away with just a simple mantra. But um, I love that you are a woman and a young woman in the automotive industry. It is such a differentiator. And that's what Roger was saying, that we all have our own unique voice. And there is so much power in that differentiator for you in the industry, for you with your voice. And you could just shine. Um, and I am so proud of you for doing it. I just think it's amazing. Hey, Doc, I think it would Thank be- Thank you so much. And I think we'd be remiss if we don't give you the opportunity to share what that mantra is, because I think that mantra could actually be the gold that some people here are looking for. What is that a, like a, a sentence that you say to yourself to to get over that, to get through that? Sure. So I do a couple of things. So I give talks. Um, I'm a professional speaker. And then I also teach students and I look a little bit young. Right. So what I do is and I've been doing this for a long time. I stand first. I do Amy Cuddy's power pose for two minutes, which increases the testosterone in women's bodies and um, decreases the cortisol. Science has like panned out. It, it might not be 100% true, but for me, it is true. I do it before every single speaking thing, whether it be media, TV, a stadium of 50,000 people, it doesn't matter. I do it in like some porta potty Johnny before you go out on stage, you know? Two minutes, take up as much space as you can. Um, it's a, it's a nature versus nurture thing. You guys can read all about it. It's called a power pose Then I look in a mirror and I just look into my eyes before a talk or anything, um, in the mirror. And I say, you are the expert. Um, and I might have to say that once or twice and that's it. And then I just go out there and I'm nervous. And I, you know, Roger talked about this last week using it's the same part of the brain that is excitement and fear. And like, I just switch it in my head of like, I'm excited for this moment. And um, that's all, you know, that's um, not the mantra, but um, yeah, just tell yourself you're the expert um, mm. and you will be because you are like Paige is the expert with cars, um, not the people that are buying them. She's the expert. So just like standing in your power and your expertise and literally standing in the power pose and looking in the mirror and saying that, you know, all of these people who are speakers have like these very strange and Roger probably knows all of these tricks. Um, they have these very strange rituals that they do um, before they speak or in Paige's case, before they make the sale or close the deal. Um, Cause we all need that crutch of a ritual to help us through. Um, and Roger probably knows all of the rituals of like, Bradley Cooper, by the way, Roger, Bradley Cooper is like my all time crush. I grew up in the town right next to him. And all of my girlfriends, um, we have a we have a race of who's going to meet him first um, in life, because he's like our hometown heartthrob. Do you know when Bradley Cooper came to me, he said, I want to sing with Lady Gaga and we're going to do it live and we're not going to go in the studio and fix it and edit it all up. We just want to do it live. And I thought that was so amazing. And then he proceeded with his very, very busy schedule because he was writing the film and going to direct the film and he was producing the film and he was going to star in it. And, and he had so much on his plate. 
And he, he scheduled the lesson with me every single day for six months and was never late one minute for six months of lessons. Never late. Isn't that amazing? And that, that's commitment. And by the way, he was living in, in uh, down by the beach in, 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 in Pal uh, Pacific Palisades. And then he would drive all the way to Burbank, which already that's like a 45 minute drive to go and work out. And then he'd drive from Burbank to my studio in Hollywood, which was let's say another 35, 40 minutes to get to the studio. And we'd start the lessons at seven or eight in the morning. So what time can you, do you imagine he had to get up in the morning to go all the way to the first location of the trainer, work out for an hour, then drive to me and be at my door by seven o'clock in the morning. That is commitment. That's what it takes. He wanted to sing well and he was going to do whatever it takes to make it. That's why he's incredible. That's why he's successful. That's what we all need to learn. We have to, we have once, once, once given the idea, once being told that maybe our voice is standing in, in our way, or maybe other things are standing in the way. Once, once it, it, it's brought to our realization that these things are in our way to the life we want, then work on it. Then don't put any excuses in front of you. You've, you've already had enough excuses. You, you, most, of the, most of us are our own worst enemies. Once you identify what you need to work on, work on it. And you know what happens? You get results. Things work out. That's beautiful. All right, let's do this. It's uh, about 6.30 right now. We're about 90 minutes in. And, um, oh, man, Roger, just so appreciate your, your time and, and sharing your expertise here in Club Pod. Let's do this. Uh, Roger started around 3,000 followers or so. We got him over 3.2. Please show him some love. He's just here out of the goodness of his heart. The way you can show him your love is give him a follow. And let's ping some people into the room here. And let's make this last half hour here really, really strong. Get as many people in uh, as possible. So please make sure you're following Roger. Uh, if you are here for the first time in Club Pod, welcome. Just put your thumb on that little green house. Make sure that you are a part of what we're doing here in Club Pod. We actually have rooms going almost all day. Every day our mission in Club Pod is to elevate the podcast industry one room at a time. So we've got a team of about 60 Club Pod leaders who lead rooms almost all day long. Different topics around podcast, podcast culture the world of podcasting, et cetera. So please make sure you're a part of what we're doing. Uh, if you're not following my account or Williams or Erica's or Dr. Aditi, Claudia, Fanzo, uh, Needy, the, all the moderators who are here working hard for you, please make sure you do that as well. And if you're just joining us and you missed it earlier, uh, I am the founder and publisher uh, of Podcast Magazine. And as a thank you for being here in Club Pod, one of the things that we like to do is give you a private backdoor link to grab a free lifetime subscription. We'd love to have you join us on that journey. You can do that at clubpod.club. And let's kick over to Paige, who showed some love to the club. Actually, Paige just went, right? So let's uh, let's get it to Ms. Jackie Jacobs. And we'll try to get to as many as we can. Please fire away with the question as quickly as you can so we can get to some more folks. I sure will. Thank you so much for bringing me up on stage, uh, Steve. Roger, it's an honor and pleasure to meet you. Roger, a few years ago, I had a car accident, and as a result of that accident, I had a surgery that had me intubated for five hours. When the, in, when the breathing tube came out, I lost my voice. And as my voice was coming back, 
I found that I didn't sound like the person before the surgery. There were times where it would go from Minnie Mouse to Darth Vader, but not in the way that you just recently described as going from the masculine to the feminine. About a year later, the um, elevator up to my condo was replaced and I started coughing violently. I promise you guys it was before COVID. And now when I try to speak, I always feel like, or when I start to speak, I feel like I'm about to cough uh, in addition to the voice breaking up. Um, I get really emotional about it, Roger, because not only do I use my voice for my profession, I use it in service. I serve as the liaison between a spokesperson between families with missing children and loved ones in the media. And recently I had a case where my voice broke during an interview. And because of that, the family wasn't able to have their story on television um, because sound bites are very important when you're you're, you only have a few minutes to air on the media, right? So I've done everything, Roger. I've been shuffled back and forth to physician speech pathologists. I've blown in straws. I've done twirls. My question to you is, what do you hear when you hear my voice? Because I feel like this amazing voice that I had pre-surgery and um, all of this stuff is now this very um, weak and feeble sounding voice. Thank you so much for any feedback. No, thank you so much. You moved me and you moved everybody in the room. What's your first name? I'm Jackie. Jackie, thank you so much. Thank you for, for, for caring so much about others and for doing so much in the care of others. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Okay, so that, that's a real issue. You can, when you have surgery and the breathing tube goes down your throat, it can irritate the vocal cords and the, you know, the inside of the larynx. It, it can ir irritate the breathing passageway. It, it can make your vocal cords and other things red, puffy, and swollen. And then, and, and it, that can last for, can last for weeks. And, and here's the interesting thing about the way the, the voice works and the brain works. The brain is trying to keep us at an equilibrium. So the brain's trying to keep us sane. So every morning when I wake up and I look over and I see my wife, Miyoko, and my brain says, hey, that's your wife, you lucky son of a son of a gun. And then I look over the other side and I, I see Gigi, <laughs> our, lovely, our lovely poodle. And the, my brain says, that's Gigi. She's sleeping, don't wake her. She doesn't want to go out yet. And then the, the brain says, and you're Roger, you need to get up right now and shave and get ready to go to work because you've got a job. So the day that my brain doesn't do that, that doesn't tell me that's my wife, that's our dog, and I've got a job to go to, so I have to shave, I'm sort of insane. I, I lose all sense of reality. Well, the brain also keeps track of the way that you sound. So when you Let's even if you have a really bad cold for a couple of weeks and you sound really nasal, then every morning you get up, the brain thinks, okay, that's you. And two weeks in, you've lost your cold and the brain and you're still talking like this. I see people all the time. I'm like, do you have a cold? They're like, no, I did like a four months ago. Well, then stop talking like you still have a cold. So the brain tries to keep sound as part of the equilibrium. Are you with me so far? Yes? Yes. 
Okay, so the you sounded hoarse. Your cords were swollen and red and puffy. So you sounded hoarse afterwards, and you got used to that voice, even though you were trying to get it back to the way it was before. It couldn't go back to the way it was before right away because the cords were still all swollen and puffy. There was irritation there. That there was there was edema. Okay, so then what happened was is you sort of got used to communicating in a in a half life voice and a half voice whereas you could get sound out but it wasn't as clean as it was before and you got a little used to it and 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 you never quite got back to where it was before then when you had that cold and the cough and the cough was like oh and, and coughing is so hard on the vocal cords and you and and it even even if the vocal cords were starting to get better then that threw it all back into swelling and edema and redness and puffiness all that so, so you've just had too long of a period of time where your voice hasn't made the sounds that you used to make and the, your brain hasn't heard them and, and to get back to that new state. What you need to do is you need to do low larynx exercises. And that's those exercises that sound like Yogi Bear. They sound like this. Go, 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 Where I, I basically take my... Take your index finger and put it on your chin, okay? Then slide it, slide it back to your to the first bump, which is your Adam's apple. Slide your finger back to the first bump, your Adam's apple. And women often miss it because the Adam's apple doesn't stick out. But it's the first bump. Can you find your Adam's apple? Yes. Now say "gug" normally. What's the word, Roger? Gug. G O O G. Gug. Gug. Okay. Now, now. Say, now swallow, and your Adam's apple should go up above your finger. Yes. Okay, now say, go like Yogi Bear, like like a really bassy and funny like this. Hey, boo-boo, I see hey, a picnic basket. Hey, boo-boo, I see a picnic basket. But try to lower your tongue. Lower your tongue. Pull your tongue down, and you should feel your Adam's apple go down. If you pull your tongue down, and you make this sound, do this for me. Go, 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 go. It's, it went down a little, but I'm telling you, you could bring your tongue down lower. Push your tongue down. Go, 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 go. From the inside, kind of pull it down. Go, 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 go. And say for me, go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Is the Adam's apple staying below your finger? It's, I'm trying to keep it there, but I can feel that it's like trying to um, inch up. Okay, we have to retrain your Adam's apple to stay below your finger, okay? Okay, okay. You, 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 and and you Instagram me, okay? Direct message me on, on Instagram. And, and I'll, and I'll send you some, I'll send you some exercise to fix the problem. How about that? Oh, Roger, thank you so much. I really my pleasure. Appreciate You're helping you others. I, I'm happy to help. Oh, I appreciate that. In my culture, we say appreciation by raising our hands, and I lift my hands to you. Thank you. Awesome. That's awesome. All right, let's go over to Lori. Lori, question? Seriously, how do I go after her? She was, Jackie, you're amazing. So, Lori Gross, I have spent my career helping customers or clients, mostly large companies, improve sales outcomes and grow revenue, which has been interesting in the last, you know, post, I'd say, pandemic. And my, my I, I spend 
my day meeting with companies that are really looking at, at, you know, improving sales. So that's quality platform messaging, any, any presentations, demonstrations. So the people that I'm helping are helping their sales teams sell more. And after this, uh, this is the first, my first time, you know, on, on club pod, I've loved the conversation, but I don't know how I've, how I've been able to help anyone after learning that um, everything that I've heard today, I've never had any uh, voice lessons or a coach. And so I definitely have taken away, have taken uh, three pages of notes and, and have followed you already, Roger. So I appreciate all the insights and, and, you know, Dr. Aditi and, and so many um, great, just great insights. And, but I would love to find out how, how do you train your voice? I, I am also the mother of, of five girls and also some boys and, and have been, um, I've been working in technology for, my career, which is also very male dominated. And I would love to, to be a good role model, obviously for my children, but, but besides getting a, a, you know, voice trainer, how do, how do you train your voice, I guess, to become more aware of, of um, your, I mean, I, I hear myself talk right now and it's just, annoy I, I, I'm amazed at, at, um, I didn't realize my voice annoyed me until I joined Clubhouse and I've been on Clubhouse a couple of weeks now and and I, I noticed that some days I feel very confident and competent and then other times my voice is just blah I just again like right now just you know I, how do you how do you be consistent and confident I guess is my question well it's a great question um Roger, you're muted. If you, there you go, yes. my friend. Yeah, please. Sorry, no worries. I can't. I can't save the world unless I can find the mute button. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> the unmute button. So, so, um, Lori, I got gotcha, you, and uh, and I, I, I want to help. And the the best place for any of you to start is free, because I made the the Love Your Voice Challenge, and it's free, and it's seven days, and it's seven full days of me teaching you things that you need to know every single day about the way that you sound and how you should sound about the things you should eliminate and 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 how to get rid of those things and about the things you should add and that so i'm not selling anything just go to my instagram and just click on the you know link in the bio and one of the things says love your voice challenge and start tomorrow to just do it. It's so much fun. I made special exercises every day and it's the video's great and, and it, you'll feel like you're with me because you it'll it'll just be perfect for you and start there. Why don't you get seven days of me? At the end of seven days, you just might be saying, I really, I, I can see light at the end of the tunnel. I could see loving my voice, not only just liking my voice, Voice, I could maybe see a way to love my voice. So, will you do that? <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you so much. I'm oh. already clicked it. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Lori. All right, let's try to get a couple more in here, and uh, just really wish we could get to everyone. But out of respect for Roger and, and his time he's already granted, I mean, my lord, two hours here. Really appreciate that. Uh, Chip, let's go to you, and then uh, and then Zoe. Hey, uh, thank you, Steve. No, no question here. Just. Uh, Roger pinged me in and wanted to come in and support the room and support the people here. Uh, just love what Roger is doing and uh, always there to uh, to help Roger in anything he's doing. 
Steve, uh, great to connect with you for the first time. Some of my favorites are in here, Nitty and Fanzo, and and uh, now I've got new favorites in Claudia and and Eric and and uh, Doctor Aditi. <clears throat> so, yeah. Anyway, love awesome. you all. Thank you, Roger, for everything you do. And Kip, uh, thank you, thank you so much for for being with us on this. I really appreciate. It. I love seeing your face and hearing your voice. Well, it, it still needs work, but I'm working on it. And, and, I, and I'm practicing. I have to make sure I'm going to mute every time you're telling somebody to do something because I'm doing it too, and I don't want to be blurting it out in front of the audience. <laughs> well, Chip, we are all work in progress, and thank goodness we have each other. Ooh, interesting observation, Roger. When you took that compliment, your voice went up more so than it normally does. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Because I never want to sound the same for a long period of time. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> and, because, and, beca and because I look for pitches and melodies that would adequately express how I was feeling. And I thought I, 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 was, I genuinely am grateful. And I'm, I genu genuinely believe that I am a work in progress and that we all are a work in progress. And I don't think it's good to say I'm a work in progress down here because it sounds like I'm a tree with really fat roots. Mm. But, but work in progress doesn't all have all fat roots. It has some roots and some, some smaller branches that are still growing. Interesting. How well, how well generally do you take a compliment, Roger? Very well. Say anything you like to me. I, 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 I'm so good at taking compliments that I don't wait for compliments. You give them to give yourself. One, I, I, th this is why I'm so good on Zoom. Or this is why I excel in audio format. Because like I said earlier, what you give, you receive. Mm. So if you give happy, you get happy. If you give love, you receive happy. Mm. It's a bonus when somebody says something nice to me because I'm already thinking, Nice thoughts out, nice thoughts in. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right, Zoe. It's so philosophical, please, your approach. It just blows me away. Right? You're a genius. I love that. Thank Zoe, you so are you, much. You here with us, Zoe? Oh, um, yeah, I'm here. Great. Um, I was not expecting to get called on. Hi, I've never been here. I'm a little <laughs> nervous. <laughs> Welcome to the stage for the first time, Zoe. Thank you. Yeah, um, I am a student. I'm in digital art and Japanese. And I've done a little bit of speaking, but for some reason, I always get really nervous and then it changes things. I don't know if you have any advice on that. I totally do. Uh, first of all, thank you for speaking because it takes it, it takes a lot of guts when you when you self-declare as being nervous and not like speaking but like <laughs> i don't know if you heard me earlier the number one fear in the world and of people that are brilliant and tall and handsome and short and round and green and and <laughs> all different is is fear of public speaking so join the rest of the group that's <laughs> called being human that's called that that's not that's not that's not being abnormal. That's being normal. Okay. So here's something I want you to, I want to give you a little lesson. Okay. Okay. When you speak, you do this thing where you kind of, where every single one of your phrases, they kind of slide up at the end. <laughs> and they used to call that valley talk because you kind of slide. So instead of stopping on this note, you stop here and then you go up. So all of that sliding sort of makes it sound less powerful. And it's, you know, have you ever heard the term up, up talk? 
No. Okay, up talk is uh, is when you go from low to high, and it got a bad rep because okay. people started writing all these articles about if you go from a low note to a high note, if you go from a low note to a high note, that you sound like you're asking a question, and then nobody will believe you, and you <laughs> you'll you'll be sad, and 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 nobody nobody cares. But that all those articles were stupid, and they were written by non musicians because if you told Mozart that he couldn't go up whenever he wanted to go up in a note. He, Mozart would say like, please leave the studio. So, so, so up talk is when you go from a low note to a high note. My name is Roger Love. I love chocolate. I'm so happy to speak with you. That's called, uh, that is called ascending melodies. And that's, that's going from low notes to high notes. That's good. Bad is doing the valley girl thing. And it shouldn't, it's not, it's not only girls, but the reason that valley, Valley Girl got the name was it was originated or believed to be originated by by Moon Unit Zappa, who was Frank Zappa's daughter, who happened to live in the San Fernando Valley. So they called it Valley Talk. And it's sliding. I don't want you to slide. You're not at an ice cream parlor. And this is how about another scoop? Right. I want you to just I want you to go from note to note. Say this. I'm not going to slide. I'll say, I'm never going to slide. Oh, I'm never going to slide. <laughs> so that's what, so that here's so what you cute. did. I love it. Here's what you did. I'm never going to slide, but I want you to do this. Just go right to yeah. the note on slide. I'm never going to slide. I'm never going to slide. No, but still go up on the top. I'm never going to slide. I'm never going to slide. <laughs> so you went, I'm never going to slide because I'm never going to change my notes. I'm trying to notes. be serious now. <laughs> okay, but still go up. Okay, say this for me. Now I'm walking up the stairs. Now I'm walking up the stairs. Good. Now I'm walking up the stairs. Now I'm walking up the stairs. So that's, do you see how that was? Now I'm walking up the stairs. You didn't go, mm -hmm. now I'm walking up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm walking up the stairs. Now I'm walking up the stairs. My name is Zoe. My name is Zoe. I don't have to slide. I don't have to slide. <laughs> I don't I don't have to slide. I don't have to slide. <laughs> I'm going to learn to just go up to the note on the top. I'm gonna just learn to go up to the note on the top. <laughs> right. So you're gonna you're gonna practice this ascending scale. Now I'm walking mm -hmm. up the steps. Now I'm talking like this. I'm gonna stop sliding. I'm gonna record my voice. I'm gonna play it back, and then I'm gonna practice going to the high note, but not sliding up to the high note. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you then you'll sound more confident and people will think you are more confident and then you will feel more confident because people will be reacting to you saying things like, Zoe, you're so confident now that you're not sliding. And you'll go, <laughs> oh yes, I am more confident. I don't work at an ice cream place anymore. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay, thank you, Zoe. That's awesome. All right. I um. I was remiss and I skipped over John Pierre and I apologize. I did the pull to refresh. Uh, JP, do you want to fire something over to Roger? Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, my name is John Pierre. 
And I enjoy Clubhouse very much. Um, I try to speak whenever I can. And I notice that whenever I do speak, I get a lot of messages or sometimes comments on the stage about my sound, about my voice. Um, I do have a background in broadcasting. My degree is in broadcasting. Um, I did do radio. Um, but what I've noticed is that when I'm speaking to clients um, over the phone or even friends, I get this, did you just wake up? <laughs> Which I hate because I never just got up. I've been up like hours at that point. And so I'm wondering, um, not just in life and in conference calls and things of that nature, but even on here, you know, how can I add more excitement without sounding fake um, and still maintain whatever the quality is that people seem to like, you know, about myself? I'm done speaking. Awesome. Thank you, JP. Okay. The reason that people say you sound like you just got up is because when you sleep, there's a period of semi-inactivity on the vocal cords. So your vocal cords don't move. They don't they don't move back and forth as much. They don't collide into each other. They they still move. If you're talking in your dream and you're like, that's my ice cream cone, your vocal cords are moving a little bit, but they're not they're not moving as much as they do when you're speaking during the day. So that period of semi-inactivity where your vocal cords are moving a lot less, they build up water. They retain moisture. So they, 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 water builds up in them because they're not vibrating and excreting the water. So when you wake up in the morning, your vocal cords have water in them. They're, they're, they're retaining water. So they're, they're, the size of them now are puffier. So they're bigger. So that when you go to speak, the, those puffier cords, the size of them, makes you sound down lower, like people like more froggy, because when your vocal cords are, are retaining water, they make everyone sound lower in the range, much lower. So that's why they say you sound like you just woke up, because when you wake up, like I said, your vocal cords are, are puffier, they're thicker, they have water in them. It doesn't take long to relieve the water, but the bottom line is you kind of stay in it all day because you got used to it, and that's part of your sound. So here's the thing. I don't want you to give up that sound. I want you to add other sounds to it. I don't want you to have only one sound. That sound that you have down there, that kind of edgy, froggy, cool voice, that's your edgy, froggy, cool voice. But if you want to, but it only showcases one emotion. It only makes people think you're feeling one way. So you said, how do I showcase excitement? Go where the excitement is. Go higher in the range. Move your cords to another position. Say, Roger, I could speak higher. I just don't do it enough. Say that. Roger, I can speak higher. I just don't do it enough. But that was Roger, I can speak higher. Because, <laughs> but I'm not going to do it for you right now. Say this, Roger, 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 Roger. I can speak up here, sort of like Mickey Mouse. I can speak up here, sort of like Mickey Mouse. But now don't make it softer like Mickey. I can speak up here with volume, too. I can speak up here with volume too. So when I want to show excitement. So when I want to show excitement. Stop down. So when I want to show so, 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 so when I want to show excitement. So when I want to show excitement. I'm going to go way up here. I'm going to go way up here. And all those people that thought it was super sexy down low. And all those people who thought it was super sexy down low. Can wait a few seconds before I go down there and give them a little more can wait a few seconds before I go down there and give them a little more. Stay up, can wait. Uh, they can wait and enjoy how excited I am up here. 
they can wait and enjoy how excited I am up here. I love that new car that Paige sold me. I love that new car that Paige sold me. I can't wait to drive it around the block. I can't wait to drive it around the block. And when I drive it around the block and I see somebody that I really want to take for a ride. And when, <laughs> that's a good one. When I see someone I really uh, want to take for I'm, a ride. Stay up here. Uh, stay up here. And when I'm driving uh, around the here. block. And, and when I I'm see, driving and around I, the block. And I see someone I want to take for a ride. And I see someone I want to take for a ride. Then I roll down my window. Then I roll down my window. And I say, you want to go for a ride? And I say, want to go for a ride? <laughs> okay. So you see, you I see do. how that, that's cool. Okay. okay. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but what I'm saying is yeah, great voices don't stay in one voice, no matter how good that one sound is. They, move, they find other characters so they can move in and out of different emotions. All right. So, sure. so, so you need to allow that excited, happy, energetic voice that goes higher and cleaner. And when you, when you feel that way and the content you're talking about deserves it. And then when it's really serious or really, or you're talking about painful situations or powerful, let's, we're going to close this contract and we're going to buy, I'm going to buy two cars from Paige tomorrow. Then you can use some of the low stuff. But, but you are not one dimensional. You don't have only one character. Why should you have one character? If I, if I had one character, it would just be voice coach character. So I would be thick and strong and lots of range and, and lots of facial expressions and lots of physicality. And I bring my voice coach character home to my wife. And, she, and I, I say, hi, honey, it's me, your voice coach. And she's like, shut up and take out the trash and come back as my husband. And then, so then I come, I take out the trash and I come back as the husband. The husband's a little softer, doesn't feel the need to wave his hands around so much. The husband takes longer pauses at, at commas and periods so that I can listen to everything she wants to tell me. And I move into my husband voice and then I'll see the kids and the kids will come up. And if I used my husband voice with my kids, then my kids would eat nothing but chocolate ice cream morning, noon, and night. So I have a voice that works great with my kids. Does this make me an actor? No, it makes me a person. Does this make me super smart? No, it makes me just smart enough to know that I can't, that I don't only have one character that I play all authentically. I'm equally as authentic. I could win an Academy Award as a husband of 30 years. I could win an Academy Award as the father of 20. And I'll be done in, in one minute. Mm, sure. I will. For those conversations, for those relationships. Are you with me? For sure. That's something everybody needs to learn. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. Hold that super helpful for you. Um, man, so many friends just joining in right now. Uh, Roger, I know we got you going over two hours here. Man, we're just going to have to do this again. I think that's just the bottom line here. I was hoping to get to, to some of the other folks. Um, just saw Todd Harmon jump in and Mitch Joel and, and, and others. And man, I, you know, but out, out of respect for your time, let, let's let's do this. Um, Roger, share one more time because I know you got your seven-day challenge coming up. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to share that uh, one more time. And um, man, I'd mm, love to keep going here, but I, I just want to be respectful of your time. So share uh, info on the challenge and, uh, and, then we'll, and then we'll have to wrap. And unmute yourself, sir. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll be tough to share uh, your info on the challenge. There you go. 
go to the Instagram, go to my Instagram and see where it says link in bio and, and things will pop up and it'll say, love your voice challenge. It's free. You don't have to buy anything. It is free for you. My gift for being with here with me today. Steve, do you want to do it next Monday at the same time and give people something to plan for? You know what? Um, let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Uh, yes, I would. I would love to do that, Roger. That would be perfect. Let's uh, same same bat channel, same bat time, all that fun stuff. Let's do it next Monday. Would you? Would the listeners in the audience love to do it with me? There you go. Raise Monday? your. There you go. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand if you want to do this again next week. Raise your hand for it. There we go. Okay, lots of people want to do this again. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep it going. So part three we will do next week. And uh, again, if thank you for raising your hand, that's awesome there. And yeah, Roger, I mean, he's really giving himself. Make sure you click on uh, the link there in the bio and and please support what he's got going on with the with the challenge and everything else. I mean, Roger is the best of the best. I mean, if you if, if you don't know who Roger Love is, just please understand that he has been the celebrity voice coach to pretty much uh, the who's who of of Hollywood, the the who's who of of the music industry. I mean, you name it. Now, th- this has been just a real gift to to us here in club pod and uh if this is your first time joining us in club pod make sure you click the little green house uh before you go so you can get notifications click the bell and get notifications when we go live here uh in club pod again but more importantly show roger some love we started right around three thousand. we got him up to 3.3 uh which is amazing let's let's get him over three five give him a follow here before you leave and uh we do record live here on Clubhouse, uh, in Club Pod for Reinvention Radio. And so this will be released as an episode of Reinvention Radio. We did part one uh, last week. We're going to do part uh, two, obviously. Now we'll do part three next week. So if you missed last week's, uh, well, just, I mean, what a master class that was. Oh my God, this is another master class here. But if you missed last week's session with Roger Love, uh, Kelly, you got to let me know when we're going to release that. But that'll be released as an episode of Reinvention Radio. We will release this uh, as an episode of Reinvention Radio as well. So we'll do it again next week. Very much looking forward to it. Let's make it official here. If you're listening to the podcast edition, please join us live in Club Pod on Clubhouse. Obviously, you guys are here with us right now in Club Pod on Clubhouse. Please check out the podcast as well. Let's make it official. Then I'll stop the recording here and we'll finish up with Roger Love. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. 